My name is Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I've spent the last 17 years of my career in schools as a teacher and principal. I started the Dissect Ed podcast to help you by using my strengths of connecting and relating to bring amazing guests to you each week. We will cover a wide range of topics related to all aspects of and roles in education. My goal? For you to enjoy and feel successful in your role so we keep amazing teachers and leaders in schools. Thank you for all you do. Take care and enjoy. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching The 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's The 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. I am going to keep this short and sweet today because today's guest will introduce herself, but happy Tuesday. And today we're going to be talking about self-care. Don't press pause or get out of the podcast episode right now as you hear that because we're actually going to talk about practical tips for practicing self-care when you feel like you have no time, no energy, and nothing left in you to even think about what you would do for yourself. Jacqueline Riccio-Stover is amazing at what she does. She's already helped me think of a bunch of ways in hindsight I could have worked things into my day when I was at my most stressed out. Really excited. I think this is very timely, especially in the education space, but really everywhere. Uh, So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Have a great week. See you next week. All right. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I'm really excited to have our guest today. Um, Her name is Jacqueline Riccio-Stover, and I'm actually going to let her introduce herself to you because she's got a very compelling uh, story and why to where she is right now, and I think it's best to hear it from her. So Jacqueline, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be on. Um, We're going to be talking about self-care today, and it's really important for teachers and principals and administrators and parents. I know a lot of teachers are parents and life is stressful (laughs) in normal times. And I know that there's a lot of stress and overwhelm and uncertainty right now. And these are usually the times that we let self-care go to the side because there's so many other things that we should be doing with our time. There's so many other people that we need to be taking care of. But like, this is the time, like, when we actually need self-care and taking time for ourselves, especially during times of stress. So a little bit about me. I am a former teacher. I taught kindergarten for several years, second grade and third grade. And I ended up, I did have to leave the teaching profession because I did not know how to take care of myself. And it was like a massive case of burnout and just you know, not feeling so great about the profession, but even just myself and my life. Um, I didn't like who I was as a teacher. felt like I was angry all of the time. But when I go back and I look at things, it's like, well, one, you were doing the best that you could in your 20s and early early 30s, which is a hard thing because it wasn't like, you know, the best ever, but it was the best that I could in that situation. Um, But two, like, I didn't have the tools. And no one ever taught me to take care of myself. No one ever said like, hey, you need to make sure that you do these four things every day. Like it was just kind of a free for all. And so, I mean, I found myself, I would, um, I found myself in this, like this groundhog's day of like waking up, driving to school while it's dark, teaching, being stressed out, staying until, you know, whatever hours of the day. I'm in the Midwest. It's dark and cold and gloomy and awful here. Driving back home and um, my husband now, but boyfriend at the time, like picking a fight with him, you know, being just like an angry person at home and then eating a bunch of crap and going to bed um, and starting it over again. Right. So that would like repeat over and over. And it just got to the point where it was like, like, yeah, this is Groundhog's Day. I'm not I'm not enjoying my life. And also like, I know that I'm not being a good person for the people around me, or I'm not showing up and like adding value to their lives. So it's a really like, it's something that I've become passionate about is like learning to take care of myself 
And then teaching that to other people too. I think the more that I got into health and life coaching, I saw like, this is something that's missing from a lot of adults' lives. But when we start talking about health and you Google like how to get healthy or like how to eat healthy, the first things that you're going to see are like really strict, restrictive diets that don't make you all that healthy, make you obsessive over food. And then you find out like, okay, cool. Like actually I don't have time to track macros as I'm handling 30 kindergartners and, you know, oh, there's a fire drill by the way. And it's raining outside. And one of the kids ran away during, you know, like, no, I don't have time to track macros and I don't have time to go to a 90 minute spin class. Mm -hmm. Right. So like learning really simple things to do as an adult, as a busy adult, Mm -hmm. that's actually going to help you take care of yourself. That that is my passion. So that is why I'm, I mean, I've podcasted with you before, even before the school year started, and I've already learned so much from you. And also, um, you would have added so much value to people in the education space. I call it the education bubble, um, even like six weeks ago. But now that we're five, six weeks into this school year, I am really excited to have you on because what I am seeing and then hearing from um, teachers at every grade level um, and principals at every grade level is some is they're feeling something they've never felt before. They're experiencing something they've never felt before. And like, duh, right? Cause we haven't experienced this before. We haven't returned right. to school after a year and a half of a <laughs> pandemic kind of school, kind of not school. I think there was a universal excitement to have kids back. I think everybody I've talked to, including myself, felt so excited like that first day, second day, like it just felt good. Joy, excitement, all positive feelings and having kids back. So that was all I heard from people. Then it was only a couple of days in when I started to notice the stress and not just stress, the overwhelm, like overwhelm that you see like before Christmas break or overwhelm that you see in May on the faces of the people I work with. And then also like just in talking and in conversation with other principals in other states who are like, we've had four fights in seven days. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's, I mean, I've worked in real tough schools and like we've had fights and, you know, but four fights in seven days, that's a lot. And that's in the first week and a half of school, which is typically kind of a honeymoon period. So Mm -hmm. we skipped the honeymoon period and, Mm -hmm. um, You know, whether it's contact tracing and having to decide which classrooms they're closing, I think that might be more of like more of an elementary um, thing or at the secondary level, figuring out who is sitting next to whom for more than 15 minutes, but less than three feet apart and trying to figure that all out while managing um, just running a school and having class is really tough. So. Um, for some reason that I think we probably all can assume and explain. And for other reasons that I think nobody's really figured out yet, there is this gigantic weight that I feel like everybody's carrying around. And what I worry about is that with the teacher shortages, with, with the substitute shortages, with everything I'm noticing right now, which I shouldn't be seeing until way later in the school year, what does it look like in a month, three months, six months, and by June, when we know that the commitment is remaining in school and, you know, in person all year. Mm-hmm. So when I think about you and like what I've learned from you and what you bring to people who is very specific things that busy people can do to um, bring down I guess bring down the stress level or at least address that feeling of overwhelm through very specific totally. things and being healthy. I will say, and I think you know this, the term self-care is something that educators usually laugh at because it's like a term that gets brought up by like the superintendent in the first day of like, you know, onboarding. And it's like self-care is important to us. Now here are the 75 things that you'll never be able to do and are going to make you not be able to take care of yourself. Um, And so for this, I'm excited because you really do have like actual hacks for how to take care of yourself. The second thing is one thing that keeps coming to mind for me is like, I don't, I'm not under any illusion that we're going to take away the stress or overwhelm for anybody this year. Like this is what we're living in, but I feel like there's like a triage approach to 
um, it's not like all or nothing. There are things that people can and should be doing and actually need to do in order to take care of themselves this year so that they can hopefully remain in their job, but also like just take care of their health, take care of their loved ones, yeah. take care of their family. So I'm going to turn it over to you because um, you actually posted something yesterday that really spoke to me, uh, really spoke to me. And it was something so specific and I'm going to have you actually just explain it. So I'm not trying to explain it for you. Um, <laughs> so can you tell us, um, tell our audience what you do to reduce some of the, dis- like the decision fatigue in a day and what is decision fatigue? Yeah. 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 So I'm going to relate it to some teaching stuff <laughs> to start off with, but like, right. So remember like your first year of teaching and you probably read like the, I think it was uh, the first days of school. Mm-hmm. By, first, like, hundred days, Wong. first hundred days of school. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Right. And so that book, and I mean, the beginning of the school year is all about setting up routines and procedures. Mm-hmm. And why do we need routines and procedures? Because we need our, we need our kids to come in and know what the heck they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I taught kindergarten. Kindergarten is like, like they're babies. And especially I taught in areas where like kids did not go to preschool. So they came in and kindergarten is like their first exposure to the school year, right? I need to teach you how to stand in line. Why do I need to teach you how to stand in line so that you don't go running down the hall and it's, you know, a crazy thing. And also I want to teach you these routines and procedures the first couple of weeks of school. So like, that's it. Like there's no thinking about it. Granted, it's kindergarten and any grade. You're going to need reminders. Like this is how we do it. But you want to set that precedent, right? We as adults, we need that too. Um, There are so many areas of our life where we don't have routines and procedures or set up, or I call them systems for self-care. We don't have systems set up and it is a free for all. We are that little kid running through the hallway like, like crazy, right? (laughs) Um, and when we don't have systems, nothing gets done. Mm. I think a lot of times when we think about systems, you know, like, oh, that's our habits. That's going to be boring. You know, I want some novelty in my life. Mm-hmm. But if you are spending so much time thinking about what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Mm-hmm. The decision fatigue. There are so many decisions that you need to make. I would remember, I mean, the first couple of weeks of school, in any school year, your head hurts so much because you're constantly having to make choices and do things and talk, right? You're having to constantly do all of these new things. Even if you've done it in the past, you know, you've been a teacher for years, you're having to constantly like do all of these new things. And you just imagine like, right, if that, if that amount of thinking is put into what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat or what, if you're going to exercise and what you're going to do for that exercise, a lot of times it just doesn't get done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get done because there's so much thinking that's involved with it. It's like, it's just easier to not do anything. Or it's just easier to go on to Grubhub and order a giant pizza, Mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, you know, there's another thing I think about. I talk about this a lot with clients around my podcast. Um, A book by Lucy Calkins. And I remember reading this. Lucy wrote units of... uh, study for writing and reading. And she talks about too, like in her first couple of years of teaching, she thought, I need to have something new and flashy for my students every day. Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to keep them engaged and motivated. But the truth was kids would come to writing and they don't know what the heck they're supposed to be doing. There's no, oh, I grab my journal and my pen and I get started. Like there wasn't that. It was like, ah, today we're doing this and we're doing this. There was no learning that happened. There was no like progression. All of this time is spent on like, where are the pens? Where are the journals? Right. Mm -hmm. So like that, we need to like figure out things in our life so that you're not spending all of this time. So a couple of examples I was sharing on my Instagram yesterday was like, um, I, when I was a teacher, didn't know what I was going to bring for lunch. A lot of times I didn't bring anything Mm -hmm. for lunch and I would pick at whatever food was in the classroom, like free and reduced lunch, Mm -hmm. which usually is like breakfast bars and cereal and like, right. Like all of this processed carbs that it's not going to go bad. Long shelf life. Mm -hmm. Great. At least I was eating something. Um, wasn't really full, probably edgy, probably a, you know, a 2 PM slump or right after lunch Mm -hmm. slump because I'm just eating carbs all day. And then I go home and I'm starving and I'm eating a bunch of food. So now Now, like, I don't have to make a choice about what I'm eating for lunch. I know that I'm going to eat a salad every day for lunch. Um, I call it 
So I have like a, a system for, for eating. I call it imperfect eating in the five Ps. So I use the five Ps. Literally anytime I am building a meal, like any meal in my day, my breakfast, my lunch, a snack or a dinner, I'm like, Jacqueline, you need plants. So like vegetables or fruit, mm-hmm. mostly vegetables. You need plants, you need protein, whether that's from animals or that's uh, uh, plant-based like beans or edamame, things like that. So plants, protein, a little bit of processed fun food. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel like you're on a diet. It adds some joy to the meal. So that might be like salad dressing or feta cheese or croutons, a little bit of that. Plenty of water, which I know teachers do not drink plenty of water, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. No, but you all. can be, no, yeah, you can be strategic about it. Um, it, that does, it does take some, a little bit of planning in the beginning, but plenty of water and then plate it. And I know that's another thing teachers don't do is um, sit down for their lunch. Like I know you're like rushing off mm-hmm. to make copies, but like if you give yourself 10 minutes to eat and like set a timer, right? Set a timer. No, I need to eat for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I need to just sit and eat my food and not be grading anything. Um, it feels self-indulgent to do that. It feels lazy. But the truth is when we talk about burnout, giving yourself those 10 minutes, that's going to help you in the long run. You're going to be a happier person. You're going to be able to be a better teacher for your kids. Um, but even just you, like sometimes I, when you talked about like administrators, oh, make sure you take care of yourself. It's always like in service of other people. Right. Also, it's you, like you just matter. Like you have an identity outside of being a teacher. Like you are a person and that person <laughs> deserves self-care, not just because of other people, but yes, in addition to taking care of other people. So like, that's what I have every day for lunch, a five-piece salad. I don't think about, am I going to have a salad or not? Am I going to have a sandwich? No, I just always have a salad. When I go grocery shopping, I literally plan out my meals. Like, like it takes me three minutes to make a grocery list. Plants, what plants do I want for my salad? What protein do I need for my salad? What processed fun food is going on the salad, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Simplify that. You're always just going to have, use the five Ps. Um, Some people don't like those words and, okay, can you always have a veggie protein carb? Or I say main thing inside vegetables. Okay, cool. You're going to have a slice of pizza. Can you have vegetables that go with it? So that's a really easy system that you can implement when it comes to meals. I was also chatting about like, I have, well, it's been over the last year, I have started getting rid of a lot of clothes and sticking to wearing a black shirt and some sort of bottoms. And that for me, I'm not a super fashionable person. I don't really like clothes all that much. Having to pick out what to wear does become like a really stressful thing because I don't actually know how to fit things together. I don't, but it's not like an enjoyable thing. It's not like something that I like, I don't want to learn about fashion. (laughs) I just want to put clothes on. So like I, like I have a black, a long sleeve black shirt on today. Yesterday I had a black tank top on and that's it. I switched that. I, that's what I'm wearing. I'm not making what I choose to wear is going to take 30 seconds every morning and that's it. But like by doing that, the choice, uh, decision fatigue or choice overwhelm or analysis paralysis, all of these terms, I don't have to stress out about these things because I know there's bigger things that I need to make decisions about. I know that there are more stressful things that are going to happen in the day. So let me reduce stress. Let me reduce overwhelm and the choice making on these really silly things. Mm -hmm. Let me automate those so that all of my thinking can go to the bigger things that need thoughts, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it spoke to me so much because I actually did not become familiar with this concept of decision. I'll call it decision fatigue because that's how it was was introduced to me until this past spring. Now I'm 41 years old. I was 40 in the spring. I have been, (laughs) I've been on like a journey of 10 years of like really trying to figure out how to be well and healthy because um, I needed to. And I was an athlete. So like, how do I not know about this? Um, But it hit me that the decision fatigue is what led to me in the evenings, just grabbing what going, going by the market that had the great, um, prepared foods section. And just, that's what I was going to do for dinner. Right. Easy choice. Except that, uh, all the things that like just felt good, like all the lasagna and eggplant parm and then the, the dessert at the end, like that's what I was picking because I didn't have it in me to even 
think about putting together some kind of healthy meal. And I didn't want to. Um, but I didn't realize that all of the decisions that we make in a day do actually fatigue our brain so that by the time the afternoon and evening comes around, it's harder to decide to go for the workout or decide to go for the walk or the run or decide to even care about myself because really like I just want to go to bed. Yeah. I don't want to think about anything else. And so that really hit me. So when you posted about, you know, automating things, I might be saying it wrong, but like automating things like what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. These are things that you don't have to actually devote time to even thinking about now. It, that was powerful to me because I think that that is true for, you know, a lot of people who are in education right now. Like we don't even have time. When you say 10 minutes, take 10 minutes for I lunch. Know, and I the know. Fa- and the fact that, <laughs> and the fact that you're right. And the thing is, you know, cause you were a teacher and I know because, you know, the other day, uh, a couple days ago, I was scrambling to finish my lunch. Um, and like, I actually thought I had a lot of time to eat. As a principal, I never had time to eat. Um, and that's ridiculous. That's for 10 minutes. That's nothing. Like, and we're talking about it like it's a luxury and trying and saying to teachers, like, I know you're probably not going to do this, but if you can set a timer to make sure that you eat for 10 minutes, like that is crazy. I think about people who, in other, you know, occupations where they're t- like, my, I'm talking about my husband. Okay. My husband on uh, every Friday, they go out, he and his coworkers, they go out to lunch. That's the thing they do. They take an mm-hmm. hour lunch. That doesn't eat into mm-hmm. their, they don't have to stay an extra hour. Um, right. It's not, they're not taking, like, they're not worried that they're not completing their work. And then on all the other days, they have a half hour lunch. Now it's a different work that he does. And it's a different thing that we sign up to do as educators, but like, really? come on, take the 10 minutes for lunch at least because there's a reason why people have lunch breaks. <laughs> it's a break. You need it. We There's so many things in this school day that are set up for kids, right? Yeah. Kids go to PE class. Kids go to recess. Kids go to lunch, mm-hmm. right? There's so many of these breaks that are set up. Or even as a teacher, I know like, hey, you've been sitting too long. We need to move from the desks to the rug. Yeah. Or like, oh my gosh, it's a mess. We need to just go for a walk around this school right now because obviously that, right? And so there's these kind of like, things that we have built into the day for kids, but like, we also have to build those in for ourselves. And it, I, like, I, I know, I know someone might be listening and be like, she doesn't know. That's so annoying. I don't have 10 minutes. And I totally get it. Like I get feeling rushed in the day. And I remember there was a time we were talking about water. I, I went to the doctor when I was a teacher and I told my doctor I didn't go to the bathroom during the school day. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, you shouldn't hold it that long. And I was like, no, I don't drink water. So I don't have to yep. go to the bathroom. And she's like, that's not good. Right. But it's like, the other thing is, is if you, if you think about and you map out, like if I keep doing this, if I keep continuing to not eat lunch, I work through my lunch. I don't drink water. Th- what is going to happen to your health? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah you're going to fall apart. You're going to get sick. Your body is going to put pause on everything and not even allow you to work. Right. Right. Yep. So it is that thing where it's like, it feels indulgent and feels like a luxury, but it's like 10 minutes. The other thing I always do for people is like, okay, so there's 1,440 minutes in a day. So 24 hours comes out to 1,440 minutes. So 10 minutes right? Of that 1,440. That's what we're saying for your lunch. I don't know how many minutes are in a school day. You might know, <laughs> but it's like, give yourself those 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of map out like, yeah, what happens if I give myself these 10 minutes? What happens? What's going to continue to happen if I don't? Oh shoot. I don't want that outcome. I don't like, I can't burn out. Like I need to, I need to preserve myself and take care of myself. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, one thing I've noticed teachers at my school do um, for each other is they will like, it's kind of like a buddy system. So if somebody's got a free period and they just, they'll, they'll just say, Hey, do you need a bathroom break? And so they run to the bathroom and they're really good too about asking each other, like, Hey, can you, can you watch, do you mind watching, um, my students for a few minutes? I just got to run to the bathroom because I bet you, I mean, I know I don't drink, um, a lot of water now during the day because I'm like, I'm not gonna have enough time. And like of, of anybody, like I should, ha- I do have the probably more freedom than other people in their schedules. Cause I push in. So there are very few times that I'm solely responsible for a group of students, 
Um, so if I'm doing that, uh, I would imagine that a lot of other teachers are doing the same thing. But the teachers in my school I've noticed are very good at asking each other to cover yeah. for them while they, and I'm, I'm happy about that because yeah. they need that. But I know that's not true, um, for everyone. And, uh, you know, scheduling like for administrative back to back to back to back to back meetings, like, no, we need, you, you, and I'm guilty of it. <laughs> I was guilty of it. You need time to take care of your personal needs. Go make the phone call, go to the bathroom, go heat up your, go make yourself coffee or tea, like do something, take, get some fresh air. Um, these things mm-hmm. are, are really, really necessary. So yeah, it's this, I think about it this too. It's like, what is this life that I'm creating? Or even just like, what is the life I'm creating or modeling for my students of this? Like I'm teaching them or kids, like I'm teaching them that life is all about go, go, go. You don't have time to take care of yourself. You know, oh, you'll do that when you retire. Like it, it, it makes me sad about like life and just like this hustle culture and this like constantly having to be on the go, but never actually getting to like take a minute and breathe and like enjoy any part of life or any part of the school day. Um, I think that when kid, when that is how the school is set up, like those kids grow up to be a stressed out adult who don't know how to take a minute for themselves. So yeah. 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 And I think like, you know, um, in talking about like, uh, you know, a lot of us, like we all go into education for the same reason. Um, and we all have different personalities and different aspects of ourselves. Some are just going to be naturally better at like setting boundaries and take care of themselves. And a lot of us are going to be really bad at it, but just because we're bad at it doesn't mean we have to stay bad at it. We can actually develop and grow in the area of taking care of ourselves. And it can start with small things like set a yes. timer to eat your lunch. <laughs> Or make sure that you're drinking. Like, I mean, I love the bo- the water bottles now that we have. Like, I know that I carry around one that's like, I think it's like 45 ounce, 44 ounces. Because I know that if I at least drink that during the day, then that's more than if I just did, I came unprepared. I probably wouldn't totally. drink anything in a day. And like the little, like if I bring like a Poland Springs water bottle, I'm not going to go refill that. So making myself bring a bigger water bottle and saying, at least if I drink this today, I will at least have like hydrated enough uh, and more than I would have is something that like I do and make sure that I do that every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But these are, you know, somebody who is, it's, we can have the hustle mentality and hustle culture and go after it and go get it and still take care of ourselves. But we might have to be more mindful of taking care of ourselves and putting those things into the day. Um, one thing that I wanted to really, uh, ask you about and talk to you about is, um, you talk a lot about, I mean, you, your whole podcast is like, yes, you, you will, you're going to have to tell us the title cause I'm going to get it wrong. But like, yes, you are a runner too. Yes. You're a real runner. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes, you're, you're a real fat. runner. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love that. Um, no, but I feel like, I mean, you're, so I don't think that this is isolated. I know this is a huge thing that administrators battle. I know it because I watch us all gain weight. Like I gained, I've been very open about the fact that I gained 70 pounds without even realizing it was happening until it was already ha- it happened mm-hmm. um, and being surprised that it happened. But then I look back, I'm like, well, duh, like I stopped moving and started eating crazy stuff. But uh, and then the stress component too, and hormones and all totally. of that. But like, that's something that for sure hits pretty much every administrator. However, I would argue at this point that like, I would imagine teachers are also having a difficult time um, making the time for themselves to move. Um, and that's a, like, we talked about eating, but what we do and how we move our bodies. I think when I was, a, when I started out teaching for me, exercising was about staying a certain size or, you know, making sure I could still wear my clothes or making sure I could still compete at the same level in soccer. Like there were like, I wasn't moving to feel better. I didn't even understand what that meant because for me moving was like, I was like a serious athlete. Mm. Now I've had to reestablish my relationship with exercise and movement 
Um, and actually not just say I'm doing it to feel better, but actually like really just do it to be healthier and feel better. Um, and so can you talk us through kind of like how you talk people through this, how you, what is the important, why do we need to move? What do we need to move? How do we need to move? Um, what counts as movement and exercise? Because I, I happen to know that this is one of the most effective ways to feel better, feel less stressed, feel less overwhelmed, make better decisions. Like it has so many positive <clears throat> impacts. But I'm, I know for a fact that unless somebody is getting this, having this conversation outside of their school work space, it's not happening inside this education bubble yeah. at all. And also no time is being made for it. Like it's actually like our education bubble is making it harder for us to move and do these things that are going to actually have a really like serious impact and helpful impact on us feeling better. Can you take us through a bunch of that stuff? A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I want to start with, so I did not grow up as an athlete Mm -hmm. and I, every team, every sports team that I was ever a part of, I got cut because I, I just, I don't have like a natural athletic ability. And also like I grew up with like very low self-esteem and poor self-talk and levels of depression and anxiety like through my whole life. So being a part of a sports team, there was a lot of like imposter, like, oh, that's not for me. That is for the athletes, but that's not for me, right? So that was my relationship with sports and running anything. But I found, so when I was a teacher, um, actually there were like, a couple gyms. We lived in the city. There's like a couple gyms within walking distance of where I lived. Um, and we would kind of like go there and I would like mess around with the weights or I would like go on the treadmill or the elliptical, but I never really like was serious about anything. But it got to a point again, when I was talking about like the groundhog's day, I was like, you need to do something for yourself. You have nothing for yourself outside of work. All you do is work. And I I can recall my first year of teaching, I was on an airplane and someone told me that you need to get hobbies. They were also a teacher. They're like, you need to get a hobby. And I was like, that's cute, but I don't have time for that. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then it got to this point where I was like, wow, life really sucks. I suck. Everything sucks. And I needed something. And what is so great about running is you need a quality pair of shoes and a good sports bra and you go outside and you do it. Mm -hmm. You don't need a gym membership. You don't really need to know a lot. Like when you're starting out, you don't need to know a whole lot. You don't even need a training plan to go running. You don't need to know how many reps. You literally don't need anything to go run besides uh, gym shoes and a sports bra, right? And so when I started running, like I, like it literally was me going outside for like, 20 minutes running like a triangle, um, in our city. And this was back when like before Spotify, but it was like, like I would listen to Pandora and I didn't even have like the Pandora you paid for. So I would listen to Pandora and I would, I think my goal was like run for a song and then walk for a song or something. And then if there was a commercial that came on, I was like, Oh crap, I don't know what to do, but it was really simple. That's it. Just go outside for 20 minutes and run. And what's interesting is before that, I had tried to do couch to 5K, the infamous plan. We've all tried to do couch to 5K. And I always failed couch to 5K because I would get to a point where it was like, hey, run the whole time. And I could never get to that point. Yes. Right? Yep. So then I would, great. Like, I don't know what week that is. Week five or week six. And I'm like, great. Another thing, more proof that I can't run. Mm -hmm. I'm not a runner. I'm not athletic. Mm -hmm. But what changed was getting rid of the plan and just focusing on go outside after school and run. And so there it was, let's see, 2014, I signed up for my first 5K. I had always pushed off running a 5K until I was good enough. Mm -hmm. Then I got to a point I was like, doesn't matter. Just sign up for a 5K and put down $40. And I would go out and I would practice running a couple of times a week. I think I, quote, trained for like three weeks of just running you know, run walking. And then I went to the 5k and I did it and it was, it felt so good. It was something that I did for myself that had nothing to do with work and it was fun. And 
that became something like running for fun became something I did. It also became a hobby and it became a discussion point in my classrooms. Like anytime talking about persistence, talking about taking something you're not really good at and making it something you're good at, talking about um, sticking to a plan, challenging yourself. It would be a topic during like writing class um, that I would write about like, hey guys, I went running. It was something to connect with, with my students, right? It was something really cool. But from there, like, it was a really nice hobby. It was a stress relief. It was something I did at the end of the day that, again, took 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I didn't have to drive anywhere. It didn't increase stress. It relieved stress. I got myself outside after, like you said, like, only driving or being in a school building. I got myself outside even during miserable Chicago winters. It was an opportunity to be outside. And it also, the other thing, too, it was like, I got to be in my neighborhood. I spent so much time either in my apartment or at my school. I kind of forgot that I lived in Chicago and I forgot that I lived in like this really cool city, like we're paying like ridiculous rent to live here and I'm not even enjoying the neighborhood, right? So it like provided all of those things. From there, I did several years of like, I have to do this workout plan and I have to stick to this training mer- this training plan. And that was cool and doing races is fun. But really what I've gotten back to is like, no, Jacqueline. You don't run for a race because, hi, there's a pandemic and all of the races were canceled last year. (laughs) You don't, you no longer run for races. You run for your mental health, Mm -hmm. right? That's it. You run for your mental health. I, so now what running looks like for me, I wake up, I have some morning things that I need to do. And then I go and I run, I run walk for 60 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? I don't look at what my pace is on my phone or on my watch, um, I don't even look at the distance. I know I'm going to run 30 minutes out. Mm -hmm. And when I get to 30 minutes, I'm going to turn back and I'm going to run 30 minutes, right? That's what movement looks like for me. And so when I talk with clients and especially really busy people, Mm -hmm. really busy people, (laughs) I'm going to start, you do not need to do a stressful workout plan. You do not need to go to a class for 90 minutes. You don't need to you don't even need to do 60 minutes. Some of you might be listening right now. I don't have 60 minutes in your day. Fine. Don't do 60 minutes. Can you do 20 minutes? Can you take 20? Maybe not even 20. Can you do five minutes? And it feels like it, it feels like, well, five minutes isn't going to do anything. Oh, it's not going to do anything. Give it a shot. Go outside to start your school day before you get to school. Go outside and go for a walk. Maybe you get to the school building, go for a walk around the building a couple of times, and then go into the building. Figure out a way that you can set your morning up to have those five minutes. And I'll, I'm going to share a link with you, but people can go to systemsforselfcare.com slash seven minutes. I have a seven-minute self-care session where I teach people to get some movement in. I have a a workout. It's called the one song workout. I love it. Put a song on, put a song on. I don't care. The song could be three minutes. It could be two minutes. I don't even care. Put on a song that you like, follow my workout plan, which is like do 10 squats, (laughs) do 10 jumping jacks. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be sweating at the end of three minutes, but what is it going to do? A couple of things. It's going to start helping you see yourself as an active person. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you see yourself as someone who takes care of yourself. Um, you're going to be able to fit it in and maybe, maybe you're like, wow, this feels good. You know, I'm doing three minutes. I'm doing five minutes. Maybe if I'm on my phone less, or I actually wake up when my alarm Mm -hmm. goes off, I can add in more time or actually, Hey, this is really enjoyable. I'm really, you know, I really like listening to music to start my day. I really like being outside. I'm going to make sure that I get to bed at this time so that I can wake up earlier. Mm -hmm. But you really, you have to start with these really small things. And I tell clients all the time, we're not moving from A to Z. We are moving from A to B, yeah. from A to B constantly. And a good um, analogy, like uh, I use with clients who aren't even teachers, but like, you know, like readers, um, whatever reading system you use, we use Fontes and Pinnell. Uh-huh. You don't have an A reader that gets to level Z. They are from, they go from AA to A and then they go to B and then they go to C, right? Yeah. So on the first day of kindergarten, you're not handing a Harry Potter book to a kindergartner. <laughs> right. You're starting with a really easy book that takes them 
30 seconds to read, right? But what does that do? They're going to start to build up beliefs about themselves. They're going to start to build up skills. And then you're going to give them something a little bit more challenging. And so when you're with your questions, like what can movement be? It can literally be anything. Like if you're currently not moving your body, you don't have to, you, you can, you don't have to do a 30 minute Peloton workout. Yep. You don't have to do a 30 minute, 21 day fix workout. You don't have to do a 60 minute CrossFit class. Mm-hmm. What if you just start with five minutes of walking or five minutes of stretch stretching? I have something else I call, um, flexi, like five minutes of flexi was, which is literally like move your body, like flat, like get flexible, like stretch any part of your body that feels like it needs stretching or do, um, arm circles or whatever it feels like. And the point is, is that you're doing something, anything instead of all or nothing, mm-hmm. right? Cause a lot of us, great. I'm going to go to the CrossFit class for 60 minutes. Oh shoot. I can't make it. It's been three weeks of me not making it. So instead of doing all, Mm -hmm. which usually results in nothing, can you do something, anything, and build that habit every single day? No matter what, I'm going to do three minutes, the one song workout. That's three minutes. You're going to have, especially, you know, the school year is stressful. You've been doing this for decades, right? You've been, you've been in this and it's even worse now. You're going to have those thoughts that say, don't even bother. It's not Mm -hmm. worth it. Yep. Those are the times, again, that actually it, it, it matters even more mm. during those times. You can't only do it when you feel like it. You can't only move your body when you feel like it. Um, you need to keep moving your body even through those other things. So what, yeah, anything. You can lift weights. I um, currently, I lift weights for five minutes a day. I hate lifting weights. I know it's like <laughs> the best thing for you. I know that. I don't want to do it. I'm not, I hate <laughs> lifting weights. I go down to my basement. I set five minutes on my Apple watch. When it's done, I'm like, woohoo, I'm done. (laughs) I'm out of here. Right. But like anything, anything. And the other thing, so I encourage people to have something in the morning that's short Mm -hmm. and also have something at the end of the day that feels hard. And again, I know you're exhausted. I get it. You're exhausted. Your brain has been doing so many different things. But doing it at the end of the day, and there's science to support this, a a book I highly recommend, and I sent it to you, um, Burnout. This book, they talk about completing the stress cycle. You have all of these stressors in your day, Mm -hmm. and it gets bottled up in your body. And unless you do something to release those hormones, to release that energy, um, it stays bottled up, and eventually you're going to get sick. And you're, you're going to be forced to stop. So go and do something at the end of your workout, of your workday. It can be a class. Some, I think that that um, sometimes classes are really fun to go to and learn something else. And someone else will tell you what mm-hmm. to do and you don't have to think about yeah. it. But if you're not able to drive the 15 minutes to the gym, force yourself to go for a 10, 15, 20 minute walk. Force yourself to go onto YouTube, 10 minute yoga, 15 minute stretching, 10 minute foam rolling, you know, it it really can be anything, but again, like doing this, it's like, I see morning is kind of like setting yourself up for success and evening is like getting rid of those stress hormones. And the other thing too, is I think, um, a hobby that we find a lot for teachers is eating or drinking (laughs) end of the night. I'm going to go eat or I'm going to go drink. This is something, if you know, no, I am going to go move my body you're going to, it kind of like releases a lot of all of those thoughts about the work day and that, you know, that giant cake or, you know, that giant bag of potato chips that you were going to dive into. It kind of, you're like, okay, actually, I, I don't really need that. I'm not really, I don't really need that. I feel pretty good. I do want to have like a decently healthy meal. So it does a lot of things, but again, I'm big on it, especially because I like, I'm not a group uh, fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not an athlete. But I'm just someone who has struggled with not taking care of myself and is like, shoot, like you need to take care of yourself. Here are all of the ways that you can take care of yourself. These things aren't going to get you on the cover of a bikini magazine. They're not. Mm -hmm. I'm not on the cover of a bikini magazine. I'm not a size two, right? But like I have a healthy body. My mental health is pretty good, Um, way better than it ever has been. But that's because of like, doing these things repeatedly. Yeah. And I think, you know, hearing you, hearing you talk about that makes me think of some of the things that I 
the guy was doing a lot of trial and error, I think, um, in the times, like those nine years I was talking about when I became a principal and, um, to when I, I mean, even through now, um, I have an injury right now that's stopping me from like really doing anything physical, but I know that's, that's going to come to an end when it heals. And so I'm, I'm like kind of at peace with it. It's not stressing me out the way it used to when I, if something would stop me, which is actually nice. Um, but a couple of things that I did, um, and this is, you know, for anybody listening who might be, uh, I'm a teacher or a principal or assistant principal is, so I didn't have any gyms that were really accessible. And I also found myself getting very frustrated with myself when I couldn't make a class or even just the time I said I was going to go, right? Like I'm going to go to the gym. I was always an afternoon and evening gym person. That's, I love working out. I, I always feel better. Well, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I apparently decision fatigue was a real thing. And by the time I was leaving school, the last thing I wanted to do was stop. I just wanted to get home. I want, like, I could picture my house and I was like, I have to get there. That was like my safe space, my comfort zone. Like the gym no longer was that for me. Um, and so one thing I actually started to do was I would, um, get up in the morning. I would like, I'd actually shower and get ready. And then, but I'd put my workout clothes on and drive to school. Um, and this really, it, it worked, uh, when it was light out enough. So there were some months where this didn't work in the morning, but it really worked until like October and then starting again, like in late February. And I would go for a, like a 20 to 30 minute walk run. Um, and it, and I would say to myself, cause then I'd be like a little bit sweaty, right? Like my hair would be a little bit sweaty and I wouldn't really maybe like look my best. But I used to say to myself, um, I'd rather right now, I'd rather feel good than look good. And like, I th- I'm, I'm sure I still look fine, but like, I was, you know, I might be a little sweaty. My makeup was a little smudged because I'd even do my makeup before I went. Um, I was like fully made up because I was like, I'm not going to have time to do this. Once I get back to like once I once I come back from this walk run, I'm going to be inundated with the day, right? Like I'm going to like have to run to like my secret spot to change real quickly. And then when I step out, like I'm going to be inundated. So like there was no time for all that once I was done. 100%. But I remember feeling so good because I was listening to music that I loved. I was outside and like, yeah, like I wasn't running the whole time, but I would probably was doing like the one song, run, walk, run, walk. And it just felt good. Um, so that was one thing that I did that was able to keep up for a while until all of a sudden, like it just clear ended or it was dark. Um, another thing that really helped was if you have a block schedule, um, cause I don't have, we don't have that this year, but when there's a block schedule and you have these like 86 to 90 minute blocks, you need to use your unassigned block to get outside. It's so much. I noticed it's very, very hard this year to get outside. Like, because it's like the bell rings, you have 10 minutes of like, okay, class just ended. And then like, you got to go to the bathroom and now that's 20 minutes. And oh my God, class starts now in like 25 minutes. You feel like you just can't get outside. So that's something I have to figure out. But when there is a block schedule, there's plenty of time to get outside and walk for 20 minutes. And every single time, 100% effective rate, (laughs) like literally 100% of the time that I did it, I felt better. Um, And I had to remind myself of that when I would like let things get in the way of that. I'd be like, wait a second, Michaela, you know, 100% of the time that you've done this, you have felt better. You've been, you haven't been t- sleepy in the afternoon. Your drive home was better. Everything was just better when you got outside. You're, you cleared your mind or you got to process through and think through some things. And I had to commit th- to that, um, for myself last year, uh, to, to do that. Go ahead. I was, so I had some, when I, sometimes I will like make up things for myself like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, you need to do this. And then I hear someone else provide like the science behind it. And I'm like, Oh wow. Well, that's why it works. But like when you talked about like going for a run or going for a walk or whatever it is mm-hmm. and like letting go, especially I know for athletes, it's hard to let go of the pace and think yeah. like, I'm supposed to be at this, but it's like, well, also that's when you were 18 yeah. and you didn't <laughs> yeah. have, right. Yep. So how about it doesn't actually matter because you're not, like you're not in the Olympics and running for me too. Running is not my profession. I have a podcast where I talk about running. Running is not my profession. I make $0 based on how fast I run. So why it doesn't matter. But anyways, I had on my podcast, um, a clinical psychologist, Mm -hmm. um, 
Esli, I'm going to mess up her last name, but she is a, she practices EMDR therapy Mm -hmm. and it talks about eye movement, desensitization, something. Anyways, on the podcast, she was talking about how when we sleep, the rapid eye movement that's helped like during our sleep, we're processing all of the shit that, excuse me, all of the (laughs) stuff that happened during our day. Mm -hmm. But another way that you can do it, she talks about bilateral movement, bilateral. So walking both, you know, your feet are going running, swimming, um, all of these things help us process all of the crap that you experience in life. And yeah, it's fascinating to read about, but it's like, right, right. So the times that I do feel bottled up and stuck and like everything is falling apart, huh? Interesting. Those are also the times that I neglect moving my body. So like moving your body, again, it stops being about weight loss. It stops being about being a jerk to yourself about your time. It's like, oh, this is actually helping me move through all of this crap that life is throwing at me. Yeah. And we deserve that. Like, and it, you know, I think a lot of times we don't think we do. I think we don't, I think um. we, we don't actually believe that we really deserve it. Um, and we don't, maybe we don't, maybe we feel invincible. Right. And like, we feel like, oh, that's, you know, um, I heard somebody like, oh, somebody, so-and-so has, you know, they're pre-diabetic or so-and-so had a, a health scare recently. Well, that's not me until it is you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, it's really scary. Like I've been there with the, the health scare, like with, you know, my school nurse thinking I was having a heart attack from stress, like when I was 35 yeah. years old and I was like, what? Um, and you know, did I fix everything then? No, <laughs> but I definitely got my attention. And, um, we do deserve it though. And it's not even just, it's not deserving it actually. We need it. Um, because we do have families. We have our own lives that we want to be present for. And if we continue to let ourselves be in this cycle of, um, well, you know, this is, this is my profession. I don't get to do that for myself. Well, we're all going to find ourselves not in that profession anymore because 100%. we're going to mm-hmm. leave it. Like, and I, we're going to, and it, it just depends on how we leave it. Are we leaving it because we decide to, are we leaving it because we have a medical emergency? Do we, are we leaving it because our marriage crumbles and now we are like, we can't like all of a sudden life went into like a spiral. Are we leaving it because something happens with one of our children that we weren't like, we weren't present enough to, you know, even know something yeah. was going on. Like something's going to take you out of, of this world of this, of the work of the teaching world. Or it's going to prevent you from getting to the next level that you wanted to be at, right? Like these are things that we have to do. And like, it really does start with setting boundaries for yourself to say like, no, I am going to eat my lunch. And if you don't worry about what somebody says or thinks about you, don't worry about it because you know what, if they're not doing that for themselves, that's on them. Um, you taking those, that time for yourself or going for your walk or doing, or whatever it is to protect your time, protect your time, do it. And I've been guilty as, as a principal, like I can, I can look back on times when, you know, I scheduled something that was definitely didn't give teachers enough time to take care of what they need. Cause, because at the time I was so young that I didn't feel like I had those needs. Actually, hmm, guess what? I had them, but didn't recognize it. But like now that I'm 41, like, I don't know if it's, I, I need to do things a little differently now. And like, I was yeah. definitely not understanding, um, and respecting time that people probably needed. Was it a gross, like, no, I wasn't like abusing people. However, I could have been much better at prioritizing time for people to like go to the bathroom before they went back to their class or like, you know, take 20 minutes to do whatever. I never even considered it. And that's shame on me and shame on all of us in the system for not making sure that we take care of our people. Um, because taking care of our people is going to be what protects us from teacher shortages, substitute shortages, shortages everywhere. Because right now it's putting more stress on, on people and on a system that really can't take it right now. Um, and so like, this is the answer. The answer is helping people be well um, so that then they can handle what's coming, the stress of the job. Cause they're, the, the job itself is a pure joy and it's also extremely taxing emotionally and physically. Um, in the book Burnout, they talk about human gift giver syndrome. And I think that this is like, like 
the teaching the profession is going to attract people, right? Mm -hmm. Who are gift givers. I am going to, you know, I want to give you, I want to help you, right? They're helpers, but it doesn't have to be that, you know, you can still help someone, but not um, self-destruct. Like self-destructing is not noble. It's not, you know, you know, um, but yeah, I think the two can get intertwined. And I think too, like, if you, if we don't, if we don't make changes, everything like crumbles Mm -hmm. and falls, like you said, shortages, um, teacher shortages, substitute shortages, before care shortages, after care shortages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you know, for this podcast, like, I think, I think there are people who listen who I, I don't even, I don't know. Um, I think there is a combination of like teachers, leaders, and I really hope district leaders, I know there are some, but like this needs, Mm -hmm. you know, there are some things that teachers don't have control over, right? Like they don't have control over their schedule. Their schedule is set for them. So, um, that's going to like, they don't have control over that. Like you might teach back to back to back. That might be your schedule. So if that's your schedule, then what do you need to communicate to maybe you're communicating it with a friend first. If you're worried about how to communicate a need to your boss, go back and listen to my, the podcast episode with coach Jackie Ross, because her book manage up. Um, we talked a ton about how to communicate your needs to your boss, because in the education space, what we lack a lot is, um, a feeling of safety, right? A feeling that that's that psychological safety that we can articulate a need or say like, Hey, I'm not like, I'm not, things aren't great right now. Um, because then we get, we're worried about being labeled as like, Oh, they're not going to take one for the team or they don't care about the team or whatever. So but if your if your schedule is something that you, you you don't have control over and you are on a day where you're back to back to back and you know you have a need, maybe try it, test it out, communicating it in a positively framed way with a colleague first or a friend or a spouse or whoever first, and then communicate it to somebody who can do something about it. Um, because or figure out what you need to do for yourself because we it has to start with the person. And sometimes you don't have control over certain things. Um, And I think like, you know, just to kind of recap too, like what you were talking about, Jacqueline, like you have so many like nuggets of just absolute pure gold of when you don't have 60 minutes or, you know, 90 minutes or access to equipment, or you're just so overwhelmed that you can't even make the decision to do something for yourself, all the things that you can do. So just to kind of like recap those things, you talked about um, having your systems of making decisions and you talked about, um, you know, the things that you do, which are like making, you eat the same thing for lunch every day and you pretty much wear like, like I just did it too. I bought, um, if 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 anybody's paying attention to what I wear every day, it's going to end up being, they'll see a pattern. It'll be like a a tank top with a, a, a shirt, like a, um, cardigan over it. And I've like five different colors, one for every day of the week. Um, and that's just cutting down. I really did it. So I'm like, Oh, I always have something to wear. I don't have to worry about it. Um, what other things do you think people could possibly, have you heard of anybody doing any other things they automate that may not, maybe they like uh, having variety in their lunch or they like having variety in what they wear. Are there other things that you have heard of people like having systems for? Yeah. I think um, a bedtime, like a system or a bedtime uh-huh. routine as adults, uh, I think it's something that we need and having a clear cutoff time of like, this is when the phone turns off. Like it's not just for teenagers uh-huh. that need to turn off their TikTok, like having a clear cut up, this is the time. And I think one thing I always have people do is like, what time do you need to wake up at? Oh, you need to wake up at six. You need to wake up at five, whatever. Count back what seven to eight hours is, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, right, right. So when I go to bed at midnight and I need to wake up at 5.30, I'm at best getting five and a half hours of sleep, assuming I'm actually asleep for those five and a half hours. It's a a really interesting, it's like, it's eye-opening. Oh, no wonder, right? And again, like going back to what um, Esley was talking about with sleep, a lot of our traumas are processed when we're asleep and your body heals when it's asleep. And if you're not giving yourself that time, you're going to get sick eventually. But again, yeah, so like 
this is the time I need to wake up. This is seven to eight hours that I get sleep. This is the time that I need to go to bed. Okay. If I need to get to, I need to be asleep by 10. What needs to happen at 9 PM? Do Mm -hmm. I need to have my kids lunches made? Do I need to have my lesson plans done? What needs to happen? But I mean, it, it, on the one hand, I, I get, um, Sometimes you feel like if the evening is too structured, then it feels like this Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. But if it's not structured, it feels like a mess. Um, the other thing, too, I think is really important um, is having some sort of novelty in your day. Mm. Great. If all of these things are going to be structured, when do you have time to like – when are you giving yourself time to do something fun, yep. right? So this is something I know just yesterday. Yesterday, my day was kind of packed and there was like one thing that I wanted to do for fun. I didn't get to do it yesterday. And so I was like, wow, it's actually really important that I take time to do that thing today because I don't want my life to just be about work and being stressed out. If you don't ever have that fun thing, um, life isn't good. And I, I kind of connect back back to with like the meals. Um, if you're just eating plants and protein, oh my gosh, your meals are probably so boring and disgusting and you probably don't want to eat them and eating feels like work. But if you add something fun to your meal, Mm -hmm. like some croutons or a bag of chips, you know, Mm -hmm. to your meal, add some fun and novelty, that is self-care. You know, having fun and novelty and pleasure is self-care. Um, a life without that does not feel good. You feel, you're, you're a happier person when you have those things. Um, yeah, but we talked about meals, water, morning movement, evening movement, going outside. The last thing I want to say, though, is, um, right, we talked about a million different things. I always have people pick one. You're not, you're not going to be able, even all of these things that we talked about, they're really simple things. You are not going to be able to do all right. of them. You're just not. And so I always have people, like I have a a journal, an exercise I go through with clients where it's like, I'm so sick of feeling what? And is it physically or emotionally, you're sick of feeling blank and you'd like to start feeling, because that's the thing. Oh, I'm so sick of feeling stressed out. Well, what is the opposite of feeling stressed out? Like you haven't even identified the thing that you're moving towards. So you're just constantly running away from this fearful, scary thing, but you don't know what you're trying to move towards. Okay. Sick of feeling stressed out, sick of feeling tired. I'd like to feel energized. Okay. Then that's going to give you some context to which habit you should take on. If you want to feel more energized, what is going to help you feel more energized? You know, oh, having a salad at lunch or um, having one coffee instead of 18, 18, like that's actually going to help your energy, you know, and having water. So I'm so sick of feeling this way. I'd like to start feeling this way. This is the one habit that I'm going to do. And I'm going to stick with that one habit every single day, every single day. Um, even on the days I don't want to, and on the days I don't feel like it. So it's really important to make it really easy like that. And I encourage people because obviously I'm a kindergarten teacher and marking it off on a little habit track, like coloring, putting up a star on your calendar that you're actually doing it. So let's get some evidence, like a body of evidence that you're actually taking action on this thing. And you know that you can stop tracking it when this just becomes a part of what you're actually doing. And now it's no longer, we talked about automatic, yeah. automatic, automatic, Oh my gosh. Making it automatic. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Making it automatic. You no longer have to think about it. You don't have to color this little thing and you don't, oh, what should I? No, it's, it's a part of your day. It's a part of your, your systems. It's a part of who you are. That's set. You don't have to think about it anymore. Now you can take on something else. But again, start with one, like literally start with one. Do not try to do all eight of the things that we've talked about today. It won't stick, you know, seven days past this episode. But if you pick one, you could actually stick with it for the rest of the school year. That's awesome. Jacqueline, where can people find you? Yeah, a couple different places. Um, so the website is systemsforselfcare.com. I have some great blogs up there. Um, and I shared the seven minute self care session. That is a free worksheet that you can download for that systems for self care 
slash assistanceforselfcare.com slash seven minutes. And then I'm on Instagram at jacquelinen.riccio.stover. And the podcast is actually You Are Real Runner. I love it. Um, I'm going to link all of that in the episode notes, but I wanted to make sure for anybody like me who like who drives and listens to podcasts that um, they can definitely find you. So like if they found you at systemsforselfcare.com, they could also find your like podcast and all of that there as well. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I would encourage, I would encourage everybody listening to go to Jacqueline's website and find her because when you follow her on Instagram, you listen to the podcast, um, you go to her website, like you will find something that resonates with you. So even if it wasn't in this podcast today, like I know that I personally find things that resonate with me a lot, Jacqueline, from what you do. And I appreciate you for that. And I know that everybody listening will also find a lot of value in that. Again, because like I say it a lot in our education bubble, we do not have anybody who's looking out for us collectively with these things. And we also don't really talk to each other about these things because we're talking about either like venting about how stressed we are or like, you know, name it, but it's not usually productive to where like, oh, you yeah. can do this to feel better. Um, and so go to systemsforselfcare.com, find Jacqueline, follow her, listen to her, um, reach out to her if you want more extensive coaching because, um, you know, especially coming from a teacher background, you understand it and the way that you give people bite-sized action steps to take, I think is really helpful. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It has been an honor. You're so easy to talk to and I'm really grateful to have this platform to share this message. Awesome. So thank thank you. you. I'd really like to thank Jacqueline for coming on the podcast today. She has been such a great resource to me. Hopefully you were able to capture several things that you can start implementing for yourself right now. And I mean it when I say it, I hope that people who make the decisions in education are listening. However, I will say that those of us who are teachers or principals and people who don't make the decisions about how our day looks, we need to take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else will do it for us. So take some of what Jacqueline said and start implementing it. Take that time for yourself. Take your lunch. Take a walk. Get outside. It is more important now than ever. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Take care.